You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, welcome. I am delighted to share with you the vision for 2020. Steph and I want to celebrate some of what God has done among us in the previous 12 months and then look ahead to the next chapter. It's really helpful to reflect on the journey that Jesus has had us on as a community and as a family. In our fast-paced culture, we can often forget to look back. It's often as we look back that we see what God has done and then we're able to look forward with faith. We need to stop and pause and reflect and give God glory. We don't want to lose that. We want to celebrate and we want to pause and we want to say thank you. I'm going to share a few stories, a bit of the journey. I can't share it all, but I'd encourage you to take some time this week to reflect. We want to encourage you to reflect on the part that you play, the part you've had in this story. How have you changed? What is God doing in you? And how can you allow him to do more? If you feel on the edge, how is it that you could get a bit more involved in all that God is doing among us? We need a a laser guided focus on who we are and what we're about. As, As culture becomes more secular, our mission needs to be more intentional. We don't just want to know more about Jesus, we want to live it out. We want to live out what we already know as we discover more. So let's remind ourselves. You know, in so many ways, we're just a young church plant. This last year, we celebrated only our third birthday, and yet there is so much that we can celebrate. We want to celebrate the many of you that made and helped make so many of our family gatherings possible. All of the teams and hours that you've put in to come early and to leave late. Whatever the weather, and Manchester hasn't always been kind to us with that. The hours on car parking teams, welcoming people before they even enter the building putting out chairs, many times changing the venue from a school exam hall, setting up church and then returning it afterwards to the exam hall again, ensuring each table and chair is in the right place, serving refreshments, some of you playing around with cables that most of us don't even understand, the many roles, the many teams, the many jobs that you've been on to make things happen. Thank you. Gathering to pray for people before they even came, ready to welcome them and intercede on their behalf. Often staying on after to have lunch together and invest in the community, believing in each other, cheering each other on. This year also launching our pre-gathering prayer meetings. A huge thank you to the kids team who week in, week out have served and given everything they've got. Not just providing childcare, but to invest in, believe in, champion and to call out gold and to bring and to deliver age-appropriate discipleship, helping them and teaching them and showing them how to do the stuff that Jesus did. 
believing that they don't need to wait, but that they get to do it now. Over the last year we, that we know of, three of our children gave their lives to Jesus. You have consistently created environments to build community and to invite others in. Craft days, fun days, soft play gatherings. You launched our first ever kids Easter egg hunt complete with the Easter bunny and more bacon and sausages than even I could handle, which was some going. You did a shine party to give the kids and their friends a very credible alternative to Halloween. Those who have served on kids have constantly, consistently gone above and beyond to show, to model and to live out a passionate walk with Jesus. Thank you. This photo really sums it up in a game of hide and seek with some of the two-year-olds. One of you became part of the grass as a way of hiding. Thank you for all that you've all given. You know, welcome is a huge hallmark of us as a church. You are a welcoming church. This last year, 65 new people connected with us on a Sunday. Those 65 are only the ones that filled in hello cards. We think on top of that, a further 40% of that number joined us on a Sunday and just dipped a toe in the water to see what we're about and to explore who Jesus is. On top of that, again, uh, we know that of a wider group, other than those that come on a Sunday, that we've connected with meaningfully. And that there was roughly about a further 69 people in that category. The actual number is actually way higher than that. But thank you once again for consistently doing all you can to create environments for people to explore Jesus. We've hosted welcome dinners. We've often sat around meal tables with people who were exploring joining us. And we've consistently been amazed at the variety of languages and cultures that have joined us. It's often felt almost like a foretaste of heaven. We've sought to share with people on the journey of or discovering who we are, some of our DNA on the DNA nights. We don't just want to gather a crowd, we want to form an army on a mission to carry out the task that we've been assigned. In a highly transient population, we're seeking to show people that they can put down roots and find home among us. You know, Manchester has one of the largest populations of 18 to 30s in the country and the largest student population in Europe. Students are a huge part of who we are. Of course, we believe you're in Manchester for a reason. Thank you for the privilege of being able to join and to journey alongside you and to seek and to draw out the God geek given and God-breathed potential that is within you. Of course, food has been a significant part of building community among you. As a church, you've consistently created environments for people to deepen their faith and invite others to join us on the journey of discovering more of who Jesus is and how that truth and reality changes our lives. Worship nights, the remarkable expression of creativity you brought to the Monday Thursday gathering. The carol service, wow, what gifting. The talent and the creativity among us. Those of you that freely give of your time and your energy to make these things happen and to draw others in.
This was the second year that we've run 4-1, an intentional year of discipleship, seeking to draw in a group of people willing to put their shoulder to the plough to help us to facilitate the many relations and dynamics of the growing church and enable us to serve the city. This previous year, with such servant hearts, many of those who committed to 4-1 the previous year stayed on to help us facilitate even more and even more. It became known as 5-1. We're so grateful to each and every one of you, to the many hours that you've all put in behind the scenes to help make things become a reality. Thank you. What an honour to stand alongside you and see your lives shaped and you grow as you commit to the process of intentional discipleship. What you've allowed us to do, what you've allowed us to become is quite remarkable. We even have the potential of a smartphone app being developed by one of you. Thank you for giving your energy and your time to be church and to do church together. 6-1, I've heard, has even been mentioned. But to facilitate all that's going on, we've sought to train leaders and to provide structure to raise and release small group leaders, ministry leaders, coordinators, to put on compassion and um, prophecy training and all sorts of other different training for various areas. And of course, along that journey, enjoy each other's company and be highly relational in the process. And as we've had the resources, we've invested more in our youth work. The team has grown. The youth gatherings have um, have doubled what they were in the previous year. They've joined the Vineyard uh, wider movement at DTI and DTI Nanos. DTI is dreaming the impossible and it's been amazing to see them believing for exactly that. We've served not just as a church locally, but nationally too. As a church, many of you attended and many of you served at the Vineyard National Leaders Conference this last year, investing in the lives of others, other churches and the wider movement. A huge number of us went to Cause to Live For, and in so many ways on various different teams, you helped facilitate the event. We saw hundreds of people be trained, equipped and encouraged over that weekend. A number of our kids were part of the, the national recording of the latest Vineyard Kids album. We've served other churches and provided them with training, equipping and ministry teams. Here's just a quick photo of some of the guys on their way back from Hull Vineyard having served at the Vineyard Student Summer School. We're in close relationship with many other church leaders across Manchester in this city and have the privilege of partnering with them and joining with them in all that God is doing in this city. As a church, we've often walked around the city praying for the city. Over the last year, we've joined uh, together for a number of prayer walks. Over the last year, we've sought to significantly increase our time together as a community. We want to build a community that develops open, honest, genuine relationships, enabling us to support each other as we seek to become more like Jesus, creating places in which we can belong and environments in which others can be invited in to join us. So what's that look like? Well, of course, that's meant lots of barbecues, board game nights, football, places and spaces to invite others into, netball, fire pits, crazy golf, darts night. The women have had various evenings and days, craft and baking. We've had bonfire night, fire pits, pub quizzes, 
who knew that we'd actually be phenomenally good at pub quizzes on one of the nights where we'd entered three teams among many others that were in that pub on that night we won all three prizes that were on offer first place second place and the best team name We've walked through life together in so many ways, through the highs and lows, the joys and the sorrows. We've laughed together, we've cried together, we've brought encouragement and comfort to each other, we've delivered food packages to each other's, parcels left on each other's doorsteps to lift each other, we've baked cakes, we've seen people grow vegetables for each other, seen people share clothing and share money for each other. What a joy it is to live our lives out as a faith community, as a family. The heartbeat of so much of this has been small groups. Church is not just a place to attend, but it's a community to be part of. Like-minded people forming a family bond through friendships, to stand with each other, to pray with each other. You know, as Roman 12 Romans 12 encourages us, don't just pretend to love each other, really love each other. Over the last year, we've seen a number of you make the decision to be baptised and publicly declare your faith. Small groups so often have been and are the place, the springboard for us to look outside of ourselves and serve the needs of the city. The mechanism to form ourselves into an army on a mission to love and serve the city. So what's that look like? We've talked a lot about ourselves as a church, but how have we reached out to the needs beyond ourselves? As we've mentioned before, child poverty is one of the greatest needs of the city. It's been on our heart as a church to do something about it. Over the last year, you've given over £9,000 in practical provision to some of the needs that we've been aware of in this city. £681 worth of nappies, over £4,000 worth of children's clothing, specifically aimed at those under the age of five. Over £600 worth of baby food to the children's centre that we support. At Christmas, over £2,500 worth of toys and gifts to children spending Christmas in a refuge with a parent, the majority of whom had fled domestic violence and had to leave all of their belongings behind. Consistently seeking to draw your street, your community, your schools, your workplace into joining us with extending the hands and the heart of Jesus to this city. You are a generous church with generous hearts. Seeking to love the one, to care for the one, to bring life and the hope of Jesus to each and every person we meet with and you've consistently sought to reach beyond yourselves to serve and to love and to prefer others. Numerous times throughout the year teams have been out in the city cleaning up serving, seeking to build relationship with people, loving people and sharing and seeking to find ways to relevantly share the truth and the life of Jesus with people. Of course, ultimately we believe what people really need is Jesus. Through Alpha this last year and other environments seeking to share Jesus with people that we know of 11 people gave their lives to Jesus for the first time. You helped facilitate a huge firework event that over a couple of thousand people came to. To think that a few years ago it started with 60 odd people in a back garden, 
to now have fairground rides and all sorts. What a way to share and to show community and breathe life into areas of this city. A huge thank you to the many of you that have made that and these many things happen. You know, we've always felt we needed to do two things. Firstly, to practically engage with a city and meet and serve needs. And secondly, to engage politically, to rewrite policy and to lobby at the highest level to reshape the city. You know, it just so happened, if you believe in coincidences, I don't believe in them, I believe in the, the timing and the leading of the Father, but it just so happened that when we planted the church that Manchester Citizens was forming and we were privileged as a church to be represented in their core leadership team. Talk about divine appointments. This past year with Greater Manchester Citizens, it's been probably one of the most significant yet. GMC work as an alliance with institutions and community leaders to influence decisions and negotiate change for the common good. We've been working alongside many other organisations to get child poverty recognised with Greater Manchester Greater Manchester citizens as a significant issue in our city and it's become one of their top priorities now for the years ahead. So many people within Manchester Vineyard have been part of that journey coming to meetings, working alongside others in our city, researching and presenting ideas and ways forward. And through, although events like the Mayor's Assembly had to be postponed because of the virus, we will continue to work with those who have power and influence to make change for the poor and the vulnerable in our city. Each year we've also been invited to take part in the Interfaith Youth Iftar during Rabindam and have helped to host and had the opportunity to share our story and for this year's event to be in a Zoom call with the Mayor of Manchester, Andy Burnham. Mayor Andy has committed to make his manifesto for re-election to be one that's going to help families experiencing food poverty, ensuring that no child goes hungry, making more funding for people feeding kids, supporting schools and placing a huge focus on children and families. Guys, honestly, this is remarkable. We committed to shape the lives of people in this city one life at a time. This is a significant moment for us. We believe as a church we can partner with and empower families facing child poverty to recover from those fundamental needs and actually go further and bring full restoration. The fullness of life can only truly be found and realised through Jesus. Child poverty can be defined in many ways, but broadly speaking, it's a lack of access to life opportunities and basic essentials. There are certain fundamental needs that every Manchester child, every child in fact, should be able to count on. A safe, warm environment, stable parenting, regular healthy meals, access to healthcare, a minimum level of uh, household income. These basic needs alongside a number of res resilience factors like belonging, learning and coping can be the determining factors in helping a child to succeed and reach their full potential despite any problems or setbacks that they might face. The need is huge but we are called to respond to the needs of the people 
of this city as a church. Up until now, often we've given support for a few frontline organisations in the area, but we don't just want to meet practical needs by proxy. We long for a cl closer relational reach into the city and to provide greater opportunities for you as a church to be involved in doing the stuff that Jesus did. In order to do that, we believed we needed a space to do so. We need to move from occasionally visiting our neighbours to having a home amongst them. So last year in the Vision Talk, we shared with you the 422 project. The former Longsite Youth Centre had been on the council's list of buildings for community groups to potentially utilise. Just up the road from the Dean Trust Ardwick, where we usually meet on Sundays, less than half a mile away from that, it's a well-known, much-loved centre in the community on a major trunk road leading into the city. We said that we'd love to restore that centre to serve the community. This wasn't about us having a home for us as a church, it was about creating a living room for the city. In an area often defined by low educational attainment, unemployment, broken relationships and poor health, we said we long to rewrite the story. Through the building's restoration, we'd long to see a community restored. We long to tackle the detrimental effects of child poverty and breathe new life into Ardwick, Lonsite and beyond. The council loved our dream, but for them to take us seriously, we needed to show a level of financial backing that we had resources behind us and so we asked you if you'd join us in taking an offering to raise £150,000. Well in five weeks you gave £212,000. Amazing! We said all along that as we do with everything we'd give away 15% of anything that came in to things that don't directly benefit us. And so as part of that, we were able to give over £10,000 to facilitate the vineyard movement in their un unfolding plans to reach youth across the nation through Dreaming the Impossible and other such initiatives. So what has the last year looked like? with 422. Where are we up to? You know, the favour and the support we've gained in this city is remarkable. Twelve councillors are backing us. Three of them are on the council's exec, one of whom is the ex-deputy leader. Sir Richard Lease, many of you will be familiar with the name, the leader of Manchester City Council, has made a statement that he backs us as a church in doing this, as has the Lord Lieutenant of Manchester, Her Majesty the Queen's representative in this city. A whole team of over 30 apprentices have given their time and skills for free so far, many more than that, but plasterers, decorators, door fitters, all sorts of people. Just as after we mentioned this project last year, the squatters moved in and brought significant damage to the building. The council estimated it would cost them £18,000 to put it right. Well, a whole group of you, a whole massive bunch of you, helped to do it for free, alongside a network of others that joined in who heard about us, who backed our cause, private companies, the town hall refurbishment team, the growth company, so many partnerships and relationships that formed. So Richard Lease, the chair of the growth company, introduced us to some of these people. John Hacking, who sits on the board of Manchester Colleges, released many of their apprentices to help us and to serve us in this project. 
Honestly, this project has been worth it alone for all of these links and partnerships that have begun to form. To be able to tell our story and ultimately tell his story far and wide in the corridors and the highways and the byways of this city. To anyone and everyone that would listen to share that God's heart is for the poor, the broken, the downcast, that we intend to do something to serve and to support the last, the lost and the least. Sport England have backed us. This is significant, I would say. One of the first backers can often be the cornerstone that allows others to see a project's credibility and to jump in and to jump on board. They're going to be contributing over £100,000 and are currently loosening their usual constraints and protocols to help with emergency funding to allow us to try and move more quickly given the growing need around the virus. Pure Innovation are willing to partner with us in forming a cafe to involve those from disability groups and disadvantaged groups to support, to train and to give them a sense of pride and self-worth to a people group and to ultimately help us make this project sustainable. We currently have, have signed the heads of terms and the lawyers from both our lawyers and the council's lawyers have agreed principles for moving forwards. The finer detail is now in the process at the moment of being worked on. This past week, the council's work team have been in working on the next step. The networks, the partnerships, the influence and the links of this whole project are significant. You know, there's over 13 plus delivery, um, potential delivery partners, more potential funders and potential funders than I could count. 10 plus construction partners, multiple, multiple supporting organisations. Honestly, it's amazing. All getting to hear our story and ultimately his story. I know many, many of you have been involved in all different levels. But I want to say today, I want to say a huge thank you to Stuart for the days, for the weeks, for the months that he's ploughed into this project, for losing sleep, for giving it blood, sweat and tears, for bearing the pain of the many challenges that we faced and we've encountered. Nobody said it would be easy. As much as there's been physical challenges, I would say there's also been some quite significant spiritual challenges. Stuart, thank you, honestly, doesn't really do this justice, but as a church, we want to honour you. We're grateful for your pioneering spirit and all that you've given to it to see this dream become a reality. I know you'd probably rather I didn't know do this as you're a humble guy, but honestly, to God be the glory for how he's used you and how you've been part of expanding this dream. The contacts and the links that you've made are really quite staggering. How I've just shared this story doesn't really do justice to this remarkable project. I've seen and heard that for firsthand for myself, some of the counsellors, you know, the potential of this, they've said to me, is a godsend to the area. 
uh, genuinely, I actually believe it is a godsend to the area. The impact of this virus that we're currently facing in that area alone is significantly changing things in the long term. We may have to adapt our thinking. We're pushing hard for this. Currently, the best plan we have has never been more needed. All of that said, as I've said before, this is not this building is not a certainty. Whilst we believe the Lord has led us to it and we've seen many doors open, it may not be right. If it doesn't work out, we believe this is still a moment in our history where we need to step out in faith and place ourselves in the best position to step forward and love and serve the city. Therefore, if this building doesn't work out, our intention would be to ring-fence the money given and to pursue some similar options. At time, in fact, most of the time, stepping out in faith is a risk because we're learning to trust God and attempt things we can't achieve in the human. At times we might fall flat on our faces, but that's okay. With so much of this, we are the project. I've seen that in my own life. We need the poor as much as they need us. In this process with this building, I would say I've been changed in the process. I've been challenged, stretched and refined, but we will be a church that steps out in faith. At times that may feel uncomfortable, but it's where the kingdom extends. We don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Let me just give you from the last year an overview of our finances. We don't have an AGM, but if we if we did, this would be it. With that in mind, I just want to give you a brief financial update. We don't have a PCC. Steph and I lead the church. We work in a team. The Vineyard it is an Episcopal movement. We're accountable, therefore, to our area leader. We have numerous mechanisms of oversight and accountability. I'm grateful to our trustees for their wisdom and their due diligence. I'm grateful for the many, many hours that a small team of people have put in behind the scenes to serve the church with regards to the finances and our accounts and the processes that we have are externally and independently audited but with regards to our income <coughs> regular income accounted for 72% of our income, which was £104,000. There was a further one-off gifts amounting to £7,000. Gift aid accounted for £26,000 and other income was £7,000. Now that other income is basically money that comes in for the cost of hosting and facilitating events. Therefore, the total income was £144,000. In terms of the expenditure, we have committed to giving 15% of everything that comes in away. We will give to love and serve the city and things that don't directly benefit ourselves, but are part of our vision to love Manchester. Well, I'm delighted to say we gave away £26,743, which was 18% of all that came in. The true reality is the actual figure will be higher than that, but we hold ourselves to quite a strict criteria in terms of how we measure it. On top of that 15% I've mentioned, that only covers unrestricted giving. 53% of the budget was spent directly on ministry, doing the stuff that we believe we're called to do. I would suggest that the ministry costs will increase quite a bit over the coming years. Ministry support was 17% and that left a surplus of 12%.
and we were intentionally planning for maintaining and increasing our reserves uh, as our commitments have increased over this last year but also to help with future investments that we planned to make. You will have noticed gift aid is a significant part of our income, around 18%. In fact, last year it was virtually the same amount that we gave away. In terms of gift aid, if you haven't already gift aided what you give, could I encourage you to consider doing so? For every £1 that you give, we're able to reclaim 25p for free. If everybody that had given filled in a gift aid form, we could further reclaim an extra £4,000, which is a substantial amount of money. As you can see though, we're running a fairly tight ship. Giving needs to grow just to cover our current commitments. We have a budget that has faith for growth. We pray that the Lord will increase our current giving and we have many plans far beyond the scopes of anything I'm sharing today that are in our projected budget that we could do if our finances do grow. Much of what we want to do and can do is released in and through the generosity of people partnering with us to fulfill the vision. We're not in any way externally funded. Can I just say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity to facilitate all that has been and all that could be. Can I share one more thing with you on the finances? The 15% that we give away, as I, I mentioned earlier, this is from unrestricted funds, from the money that you give regularly to allow us to, be, to believe and to step out in all we believe we're called to be and do as a church. On top of that, from restricted funds, the money given for specific pre projects since the start of the church in three and a half, nearly four years since we planted, we've had over £23,000 given for For The City. Do you remember the living room project for the van? We didn't even ask for money and you gave over £7,500. Nearly £3,000 worth of other gifts have been given for projects. The £212,000 for the 422 project. Much more recently, the Acts 2 offering, you gave over £23,000. That means we've given or earmarked to give £268,000 on top of the year-on-year 15% that we give away to things that don't directly benefit us as a church. We've been able to give away or earmarked to give away over a quarter of a million pounds. Your generosity and your love that extends beyond us for this city and further is breathtaking. In terms of vision, to understand where we're going, we need to understand where we've been. To God be the glory for the many, many great things and many more I've not had time to share today that's happened over this last year. So where are we going? Firstly, wouldn't you say more of the same? Surely more of the same, but let me just say a few general things. Steph and I were buzzing entering 2020. We felt the Lord had been so clear in speaking to us for the next phase and the next chapter of our journey together. 2020 vision, perfect sight. What a time to be alive, what a moment we're in and what momentum we had. On the 6th of January, we met with our small group leaders to share some of our thinking. 
our plan was to come to you as a church at the end of February with the vision for 2020. On that very day that we met with our small group leaders, I started to feel quite ill. A week later, I was in hospital and as a family, we had a few months away from you all. I was significantly ill. We planned a new date to share some of this with you at the start of April. We were back with you for just two weeks and then on the third week I was sharing a message that in my head I knew would be our final Sunday together before we went into lockdown. It turned out to be that way, but we can delay no further in sharing all of this. Of course we wanted to be with you in person. We basically feel like we haven't been with you this year, but have we been wobbled? Has the vision been diluted? Funny thing is, who can stop the Lord Almighty? So much of what he laid on our hearts, he's been doing anyway. It's always been our desire to find out what he's doing and join it, rather than come up with our own man-made thinking and planning. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labourers labour in vain. So what did we say to our small group leaders? What did we plan to share with you in February? Well, we said three things. Firstly, we hope to spend more time building for the future, investing in Vineyard Kids. Secondly, we said we believe the Lord is asking us to step out not just locally, but also globally, to solidify some partnerships and to serve some of us further afield. Financially, we knew to do some of this. We knew it might feel uncomfortable having done all that we've done with 422, but we knew we would need further financial resources for the 422 project itself and we knew that we didn't want to ask the church for any more but to trust God and to step out in faith we felt we should take an offering not like we did with 422 just a one-off offering and give it all away as a sign and a symbol of our trust in God and to love and to prefer others much wider. So yes, we have needs ourselves, but we trust God for those. We intended to give it all away to Albania, Kenya, India and Austria, places that we form links and partnerships and want to see an increase in the way that we can serve them. Let's leave our needs in God's hands. And then thirdly and finally, that as we sought to have sought to build the living room for the city, we also knew we needed to build the living room for the church. We need to invest further in this community and the relationships that are forming. We intended to plant more small groups to facilitate more people being able to join us, to spread the reach of their groups to different parts of the city. And we named some locations that we'd been dreaming of, seeing groups planting it in and to cry out to God for it to become a reality. Now, the funny thing is, we believe and are longing to see all of that become a reality, but so much of it is already unfolding. Let me just give you a quick update. It feels like I'm doing the vision talk now for next year, but you know, the, the first one with the kids, this isn't about whether or not we have children. This is about investing and discipling an emerging generation and stewarding all that the Lord has currently given us and seeking to see it grow. If there's been a win in lockdown, despite the many challenges and some of the um, 
stuff that's gone on the discipleship among the kids has been profound the first week that the kids video went online it had 271 views alone reflecting how it was shared across the country in a week that saw many churches unable to provide in that moment anything for their kids ministries we heard of many children in this city who were able to see it and it was shared with who didn't know or have relationship or prior relationship with Jesus over the Sundays we've met over the last year the kids team have given and volunteered over 780 person hours currently between script writing filming and editing is taking them 38 hours a week to pull the stuff together that's over 456 hours so far in total We've launched four microgroups. Basically, all of the kids that want to be, they're able to be in weekly small groups like we are. There is no going back from this day. These are life-changing investments. Thank you to all of you who have made this a reality. Age-appropriate discipleship. Then secondly, we said that the Lord is asking us to step out both locally and globally, not only to invest more in some of those relationships, practically but yes we still intend to do that regardless of the virus but we intended to take an offering and just give it away as a sign and a symbol of trust but also to invest in those people we were nervous given all that you'd already given for 422 and we didn't want to push you too hard as a church well on the first week of the lockdown we took that offering and you gave £23,000 and we were instantly able to give 8500 of that to India, to Albania, to Austria and to Kenya in great times of need for them. We've been able to and continue to be able to meet many of the needs in the church and function very much like an Acts 2 church sharing with those who have need. And then thirdly, to see multiplication, to plant small groups. With the groups, we would say it's amazing, two have already launched since lockdown. And since that lockdown, four of the microgroups that are mentioned earlier have also planted specifically for the kids. Honestly, we're looking to spread our wings in this city, to create places of access for people. People who don't know Jesus don't travel to small groups. We need to try and get into local areas and long term with all that we believe the Lord is calling us to be. This will place us in a strong position for all that's ahead. On top of all of that, I know I'm jumping ahead a bit to what I would have shared last year, but I just want to paint the picture for what is currently happening. Honestly, the partnerships that are formed through 422 have been vital for this season. We are known, we are credible, and we are visible. Things have scaled up with the van significantly. We're delighted that we now have access to the Pakistani Community Centre, a much larger space enabling us to facilitate our distribution of essential items to those in need. So far, we've given nearly £7,000 worth of food to immediate needs outside of the church, nearly £3,000 of which has been food donated by you. We've helped 383 households that are on low income or a 
shielding and some referrals have been through the council and they're at risk tenants, some have been through the children's support workers of families that are struggling, others have been through word of mouth. We've helped to further 347 children. We're talking about each meal that we give to them, we give three meals a day for three days. It's over 6,000 meals. We've given gifts to 17 key workers, gifts to 16 of your workplaces or your colleagues. We've given gifts of encouragement and handwritten notes to over 700 employees in the prisons for whom this is a particularly challenging time. In this next week, things will scale up to the point that we'll be feeding over 100 people a week. You've put in over 775 hours and a team behind the scenes has put in a further 125 hours with the admin, the logistics, the fundraising and working with various other partners. You are a generous church with your time, with your talents, with your energy and with your money. Honestly, the scale of what is going on is hard to grasp. It's remarkable. The Lord is inviting us into his story for this city. We're excited to follow his lead. We believe if you fall more in love with Jesus, you can't not love his people and extend a compassionate response wider to others. As ever, our desire this year is that you would take active steps towards falling more in love with Jesus, that he would be the potter and you would be the clay, moulded and shaped in his loving arms to be all that you could be. And that way you will thrive, we will thrive as a family together this year and others would feel that they can join us on that journey. The Bible is full of people committed to a city, a region or a certain church community. God works through geography. This church body this church family needs you to play your part and give your heart for us to be all that we could be. This year's phrase that we wanted to use was rise up. It's time for us to rise up individually and collectively to be all that God has called us to be, to step into the fullness of what God has for us. Literally, as I was writing this talk, as Steph and I were working on it, one of you texted us and said this, Hi Paul, I know you're giving the vision talk on Sunday and I wasn't sure if this would be relevant. God reminded me that all the parts of the body need to be fully functioning to be effective. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 30, I'll leave this with you. Honestly, read the passage, but the gist is, verse 18, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. Many of you will have seen the Vineyard's legacy film. Bob and Penny Fulton and Carol Wimber, who were all very much the founders of the movement, along with the late John Wimber. If you, if you missed it, you can still see it on YouTube. But when it was recorded last August, Carol Wimber said this. I've shared this before with some of you, but it's so important. The Father is anointing us for this time. I've said that and now, I can, now I've said that I can die in peace, but people and church everywhere adopt a posture of prayerfully receiving this. This is what she said. He, God, 
needs us to be in our place for what's coming. I'm not exactly sure what is coming, but I know it's coming. I know it's soon and I know it's huge. It's going to be the whole thing like nothing we've seen before. It's kind of scary and wonderful to think about it. You need to get in your place for what God has called you to do and do it with all your heart. It's very, very important because no one else has been desired to do it like you will do it. And you are the one he's called to do it and nobody else will be able to do it like you're called to do it because we are uniquely each of us designed for our place. It's coming and it's going to be so huge, wonderful and terrible. We need to be in our place so that we can handle it because masses of people are going to be brought in. Isn't that incredibly powerful now in the hindsight of what is currently unfolding? But we need to take our place. You need to be in your place for this. We need to be actively prepared and engaged for what's coming. To be prepared for what's ahead, we want to encourage you to take our place. We before we knew Carol was going to say any of that. What was on our hearts to share with you was rise up. We need you to rise up. We are, you are the church. Will you commit to this next chapter? Joining us currently looks slightly different to normal. We'd always say join us on a Sunday. We'd still say it, just at the minute it means online. We'd say join a small group. They're the heartbeat of, heartbeat of our relationships, our discipleship and a springboard for us to serve this city. We long to plant more groups this year and create more space for others to join. We'd say give a portion of your finances. We're not externally funded. Will you partake in God's generosity to allow us to be all that we believe we're called to be and to love and serve you and this city and further afield. We are walking into a very, very challenging financial season globally. We'd love you to play your part in what God is doing through this church in our city by giving regularly to help resource what we believe we're called to be. You can find all the details of that on the website or at mvuk.org forward slash giving. Join a team, we'd usually say join a Sunday team but in this time, there's so much that can be done and to be done. Get in touch with one of the team. We'd love to play, find a place for you that allows you to rise up and be all that God has called you to be. If you've not yet shared your details with us, please do so, so that you can be part of this remarkable journey of being church and serving this city. We're excited we're expectant and we're stepping out in faith for all that's ahead. There is so much ahead for us as a church if we will rise up and take our place. We let us pray for you as we finish this morning, but to God be the glory, great things he has done. listening to find out more head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description